Welcome back to the Ec Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host, an elephant in therapy for his fear of small things. And joining as always is my co-host, his mouse therapist, helping him get through it, Z. How you doing today? Oh, not so bad. How are you, Jack? I'm doing quite well. So we had a pretty good week of content, right? I think we did, yeah. Various things to be watching. Oh, yeah. Um, I, for one, caught up on the Bad Batch Star Wars show. Uh, I mean, if you don't know about it, you don't know about it. We'll talk about that. We'll probably talk about Loki. I don't know what you want to start with. I think we should start with the Bad Batch. I agree, because that really has much to talk about, and we only have one episode of Loki. So yeah, we, we only have one episode of Loki. You watched, so you watched the whole first half of the first season of the Bad yes, Batch, right? I did. Because you haven't been watching it. I have been. I don't know if we made it clear in the last episode, but Star Wars is like, it's like my thing. It's it's Z's favorite thing. It's like my favorite thing. I'm all about it. I got all, got all kind of the, the merchandise and whatnot. I have my own favorite thing, but we don't have to talk about that right now. No, nah, I don't. the guest listeners. Bit of a, I'm a bit of a consumer when it comes to Star Wars. Bit of a mega bit of consumer. So yeah, I'm all about it. So like I said, I've been watching it weekly, but you, you binged it all to, so we could talk about it here. Yeah, of course. So what did you think of the first half of the first season there? Oh, well, I guess real quick, though. So we will be spoiling everything from that Oh, yeah. This is just, if anyone's listening, ever, just know that we're always going to spoil. Mm-hmm. We'll, so, we'll, we'll always say it, just just in case, you know, just out of respect. We don't want to actually spoil anybody. But if you haven't watched The Bad Batch, uh, this might not be for you as one much. Through eight. The episodes one through eight. As well as, also, I'll just say, throw out there, for the Clone Wars, for Rebels, pretty much any Star Wars animation yeah. stuff that might tie in. Yeah, I'm we're not going to hold back. Any yeah, th- right. Anything that could help us with the theory or an- analyzation. Mm-hmm. Any rampant speculation, it'll, it'll be out there. So what did you think? I thought it was okay. Just okay. I'll be honest, I'm not crazy about this series mm-hmm. at the moment. I did really like that Cad Bane showed up. You know, that was oh, we're just going to throw that right out there, eh? We said spoilers. Nah, I know, I'm just saying. I mean, what do you think about all the episodes before him? Eh, they were okay. Oh. I like the one with Rex came back. That was fun because Rex was back. It was good, but... It wasn't really like a Mandalorian to me. Like, I wasn't super invested in it. I'd have I to agree. I would say it's not on that level for me. Yeah, each individual episode's not as impactful as a lot of these. Like, not to say they're filler, because they are important for, you know, character development and stuff. Like, stuff does happen for the characters. Maybe not the overarching, like, plot threads that are going on this season. Oh, man, I think, I do think that the, like, calling things filler can be a bit overused sometimes. Because people are so hyper-fixated on the... Big action scenes. Yeah, the big plot points moving forward. All the Whereas, like, if you really got all that, I think... I think people might find it's not as interesting as they think, right? Yeah, because you gotta you gotta have downtime between. It can't just be constant. Yeah, so there is downtime returns. episodes, I guess, which are a little bit less focused again on the on the main plot threads, but are still relevant to the characters and their growth. And it's very character focused, right? Um, right. Compared to a series like Clone Wars, which was an anthology um, that focused, especially in the earlier seasons, focused on a lot of different characters within the same seasons. Yeah. It would just jump around a lot. You got a lot of different viewpoints. Towards the end, <coughs> it's certainly sort of focused up. Yeah, focused on it towards the end it really got to be more it, it was rare you'd have an ap- episode that didn't have Anakin, Anakin Obi Wan, or Ahsoka. One of the three of them. Yeah. If not all three of them a lot of the times. But this isn't this is even more focused than that, right? It's just following the bad batch. And that way it's closer to like episodic structure of like rebels. Right. It's not anthology. Which I have not watched. Right. But in that show, it follows a core group. And it's less, it's also similar to the episodic structure of Rebels in that there's less of the arcs. Clone Wars had a lot of arcs where it would tell stories in like three, four episodes, three, four episode chunks, which would tell a really contained story. And then you'd jump off to somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Whereas this isn't that. Again, because every episode focuses on the Bad Batch, you don't really need a whole bunch. Yeah, you don't need arcs like that because every episode just kind of moves it up forward a little bit so what do you think of like the characters what do you think of the titular bad batch i like them like i i certainly enjoyed when they appeared in the clone wars in the last season um the final season as it's called i like tech i like mecco wrecker hunter omega i think that's omega. that's all fun i i would personally say i think they're more refined and better in this series than they were in that arc of the clone wars i would i think maybe in the arc of the clone wars given that it was just their first appearance and all they were a bit like two-dimensional right yeah because well did they plan to do a bad batch series before as they released the last season or was it just like because fans were like whoa this is really cool let's do it so do you um, know anything about yeah that? so due to the lead times involved in animation when the last series the final season of the clone wars that has aired last year this show was well into production of course right basically the, the way dave filoni says it is that if i remember um when they were making it they decided that they liked these characters um in that They'd always kind of wanted to do a sequel of some kind, and so this was like, they thought this was sort of the natural choice. So, yes, when the final season aired, this was already well into production. I suppose, you know, reaction and, like, 
fan reception is going to determine uh, potentially if it gets more seasons. Right. I yeah. guess. But yeah, the first season was kind of just made. It was just a decision they made over there. They're just like, well, I think yeah, they, they thought they were strong enough characters to warrant. And not to say I don't like it. But it's not something crazy. And obviously, everything can't be like, whoa, everything can't be a Mandalorian. Again, yeah, I agree. I would say it's much more... I'd say it's much more for fans that are really into the Clone Wars. Like if you or just Star Wars in general, yeah. I would totally agree. I, and, and it's, it's not for your like the Mandalorian was made as like a, hey, if you don't really like Star Wars, then this is kind of your show you can do because it's more serious. Like it's not as it's not as goofy and kiddy as people think Star Wars is. It's more like bounty hunters yeah. and all the all the stuff that attracts like oh, this is the cool Chad stuff when they're hunting yeah. people and the Mandalorians and their cool armor and. You know, Luke's here, and it's like all that, all the like, uh, you know, mainstays people come for certain mm-hmm. certain groups of fans. Not that yeah. there's anything wrong with that. I would agree. I I think you're right on the on target with that. I would say this is much more comparable to like a like Rebels in in who it's going to appeal to. I would say it's potentially a little more um niche. Sort of. I was going to say a little more grown up, so maybe less niche. Mm, yeah. Um, Rebels literally aired on like Disney Disney XD. XD. Yeah, it, it aired on which again it wasn't super, but it it was a little more child friendly I would say than Clone Wars. Right. Um, Star Wars: The Clone Wars by the end was again I don't want to like I'm not gonna pretend like it was this graphic war film or whatever, but characters died in that like pretty consistently. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, minor the- character like beyond between just like clones would die in the war and they didn't pull punches on that a lot of the times and like actual named characters would also die. And sometimes it was relatively graphic. Again, obviously, there's not, it's well, not there's blood a, spraying at the screen a, or anything. Yeah, there's a point. In but which there was impolations and stuff. Implications? Impolation? Implications. People were impaled. <laughs> People died. There was that move they did a lot where, where someone would like walk up behind somebody and then turn their lightsaber on yeah. through them. That happened a lot, and you would see it like sprout out. Like there wasn't a lot of blood or anything necessarily, yeah. but it got pretty graphic in the way they were killing people. As graphic as they really could. Yeah, a lot of people were getting shot to death. Mm-hmm. Like you'd see, you would see people die, which like get riddled with lasers. Yeah, which isn't necessarily even something you see a lot in the Star Wars movies. Um, so Rebels is a little more kid friendly than that, and I would say that the Bad Batch here kind of maybe makes a difference because not as many people are dying just due to the nature of the show. It's not yeah. a war. It's not about a war really, like the Clone yeah. Wars was. Well, the, to them, well, then the war is over. Yeah, quote unquote. So there's no more war. But I would agree that in sort of the, who it appeals to, it's a little more specific. Yeah, I would I would agree it's got a little less mass appeal than The Mandalorian. This is sort of the true, like, sequel to The Clone Wars. Yeah. So obviously people who are into that, and it's been said, I've seen a lot of people prefer to say this is essentially the, the eighth season that of The Clone Wars that we didn't get, right? Right, yeah. It's clearly picking up a lot of characters, a lot of plot lines, and people had referred to Rebels as, like, a sequel to The Clone Wars, because it does have some returning characters. And, like Ahsoka. And some, like Ahsoka Some and of Rex. the clones are back. Yeah. But this clearly is much more of a direct, like, sort of sequel. Um, obviously, pick just timeline-wise, it picks up right where Clone Wars ends. Really, they kind of overlap just a little bit with the mm. first episode of this show and the last couple of The Clone Wars. But yeah, so I, we kind of touched on a little, but like, you think the Bad Batch themselves are interesting? Yeah, I, I do think they're interesting, and I like their dynamic, you know, kind of, uh, you know, they all got different skills, and they all kind of clash. They all got very distinct personalities, and they all, you know, fight amongst themselves and stuff. I agree, like, like you said, or I, whoever. I think in the in the Clone Wars in that arc, they were a little two-dimensional, but obviously now that we have a full show that just focuses on them, I think they get a lot more fleshed out. They have a lot more time to, to get into some of that stuff. Yeah. They are less... Again, just two-dimensional. They're in the Clone Wars arc, it kind of seemed like they were defined by their... By their, like... Um, yeah, their modifications there. Yeah. Whereas in this one, they they go beyond that. Best example I can think of is in the most recent episode, episode 8 there. It's Echo, Wrecker, and Omega, and they're walking back, and they're being watched by those scavengers. Yeah, and they all, and they kind of just... And they can and see they it. see them. Yeah, they pick them up. And Echo, who is obviously, like, one of the more, like, tech-savvy, sort of, like, thinker-ish ones of them, um, he says he's like, oh, we're being watched, whatever. In Wrecker, who is like the dumb, the dumb the, yeah, the quote unquote dumb one, the big muscle well, brute. He's the he's dumb. He is, but he see he also he's like, yeah, I picked him up, right? Yeah. And I really like that because I was like, well, Wrecker, he's a bit of he's a bit slower than them sometimes or whatever. But he's, still he's, a soul, he's still a trained. But yeah, he's op- still an incredibly yeah. trained. Like he's a special ops unit. Yeah, like, exactly. The they're, bad batch. Is, they, they're the bad batch. They're not. They're not just the bad batch because they're like, oh, it's so funny that this one's goofy. smart and this yeah. one's dumb and this one's like Wolverine. No, but like. When when it comes down to it, they complete missions that no one else will do. Yeah, in this same in that same episode, like he knows how to disarm bombs and stuff. Right? Yeah, he teaches Omega how to do it. He's not. Yeah, he's not just the strong one that they call when they need to throw stuff. They all obviously have their specific proficiencies. But at a baseline, their, they all have just yeah. training. Like they're ops, all just, special ops yeah, training, which I I really like that detail. Yeah. So what do you think about then D. Bradley Baker, who is the, he's the voice of the clones? 
voice of all the clones in the Clone right. Wars. And so he Nez, is the voice. he's the voice of of the Bad Batch. I'm, I I like it. I saw an interview where he talks about how he does each clone. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, Wrecker's like this, and Tech is like this. And I, I well, I think he's very talented for, I think he for doing does that excellent. exceedingly well. Even more so when... Uh, I didn't do a Rick and Morty thing, but I remember in the episode when they go to Ricklantis, yeah. when Julius City, I was like, oh, give Justin Roiland a, an Emmy for doing all these voices. He's just doing the same voice. He's just doing one voice. He's doing one voice because they all have the same voice. But yeah. this one is more, I feel, I don't know if he's still getting an Emmy, but it's more, I think it's more apt because he's changing his voice for each character, but he's still playing all four of them. The Bad Batch in particular, because they are like slightly different on a physical level or whatever, he gets to play with that a little more. Mm-hmm. I know it's almost a cliche thing to say about D. Bradley Baker's performances of clones, but even in the Clone Wars, you kind of can forget that they're all they're they're, all, they're they're different. Yeah, or that rather that they're the same because they feel different, right? He, I think he really does a good job of even in the Clone Wars where they sound more similar of putting different inflection stuff. Like I think you really can tell like when he's doing Rex, for example, yeah. right? The just the inflection again that one's more close to whereas in the Bad Batch, like obviously Wrecker has. His very a physically different voice, yeah, yeah, and Tech does, and even Crosshair. Hunter is is probably the most, like... Clone-like of them? Baseline of them, and then Echo, obviously, is just a, a, a reg, so he just has a normal, the normal clone voice. But yeah, I think he does excellent. I think it's funny when <laughs> the credits come up every week, and it says the Bad Batch, or D. Bradley Baker as the Bad, Bad Batch. Batch. He's yeah. just all of them. He does all of them at once. Because, yeah, and this one, he really is carrying the whole show. Fucking do... If Omega was a boy, like, he'd just do Omega too. Yeah, they, that's probably why. Because they were like, man, if we make him a boy, we just have to get D. Bradley yeah, Baker. We have to pay him more money. Over just be doing them all. So I guess then, we'll, so do you like Mo- Omega? She's obviously the the true yeah, new. Yeah, I I like Omega. I like I, yeah, I do like Omega. I like the trope of just like you know them kind of fumbling around raising a kid, and she's yeah. she's not like an annoying kid. Like she's smart, and she just she just is inexperienced, which yeah. is fine. Like a kid, I don't like when kids are just like like in Temple of Doom. Oh no, Mister Jones, what are we gonna do? Doctor Jones. But he's more of a more of a character voice because you know it's 1980, and yeah, who needs. Who needs sensitive race politics <laughs> when you can do whatever you want? So yeah, Omega, I, I agree. She's, like, competent. She listens. Um, yeah. She is still a kid, and, like, that comes through. But, yeah, she's not hapless. She's not like, what are we going to do, yeah. Wrecker? Yeah, totally foolish or anything. If anything, there's there's something, like, going on there with her, right? Yeah. If anything, she's more than it kind of seems. She's, um, she's almost all of them. Yeah, that's kind of the, the idea. That's, that's kind of the theory that's been flowing around. Because in the episode when they land on that that moon, she tracks that beast. Like Hunter is like, this is how I'm tracking, and she goes, okay. And then when Hunter gets knocked out, yeah, she, she just, just does, does it. it. And it's almost it's it's and it goes beyond just oh I saw Hunter do it. I'm gonna kind of copy it. She kind of kind of does it because she just like oh I can. She's kind of un- unconsciously doing it. Yeah, like muscle it's memory interesting. Almost. In the first episode, there she she seems pretty good with a blaster. Oh yeah. She, like, disarms... Um, Crosshair, right? Crosshair, yeah. So, like, it seems like she's pretty competent with that, even though that's presumably the first time she ever held, held a, a blaster. I always like that. I did like the scene when they get to the planet with uh, Deserter Clone and his wife. and Cut she's, the queen. Yeah. And she's like, whoa, dirt and the sun? That's good. That's always, that's, a, is, that's a common trope yeah. in Star Wars. Which I, which I don't, that's which like which the I don't Ray mind. thing, right? Yeah, she's like, like, I didn't know there was this much green in the whole galaxy. Which is dumb. Because it's, it's a fucking silly. galaxy. If you she know what a known. galaxy is, there's got to be like. <laughs> Did she think every planet was deserts? Come on, Ray. I mean, she is. Can can Ray even read? Like, should Ray be able to read? No, I, I don't reckon she can read. I don't think she should though. <laughs> She's a dirty sand planet. I'll oh, stand by boy. that. That's Mary Sue shit. Let's fire Kathleen no, Kennedy. Come on. No, we're gonna do this. <laughs> Steady <right> on. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not those kind of Star Wars fans, ladies and gentlemen. But see, I guess we'll Zach is though. I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I like Star Wars. Kathleen Kennedy does good most of the time. Mm. I'd say. That's not what he says off podcast. No, come on. When the, when the mics go up, it's like a whole different story. Steady on. I guess, so that's, again, a bit of a, a center point of this series is, like, all the, I don't know what you call them, I guess cameos. Yeah. So we got Cutler Queen in Which is not a cameo two. for me because I have no... Oh, so he's no in season idea. two of The Clone Wars. Okay. Um, I don't remember The Clone Wars super well. From the season two episode, The Deserter. Oh, okay, um, right. Which is yeah. where they're they fighting find... a battle on Salukamai, and Rex gets shot, and they, and find they bring him. him to his farm, and they're like, hey, can you help? And then, yeah. And then Rex has, like, a bit of a crisis where he's like, hmm, we're only built for de- war. Yeah, you're a deserter, and you're leaving, you're, you're abandoning your brothers, and Cut's kind of like, yeah, but, like, I didn't really choose this war. Like, none of us did. And instead, I'm helping, like, my family, and that's, that's noble and in it's, its own way. It's a different kind of noble. And Rex kind of leaves that episode, and he's like... You know what? I'm not gonna tell him about you. you. You live your life, man. And it's 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 nice. It's an interesting. It's a good growth moment for Rex. I think it's one of several across that series that makes Rex into the guy we see him as in this show. Because mm-hmm. um, the... then he obviously also returns. 
Right. Um, is there any other big ones? Oh, Fennec Shand. Um, That's from the Assassin. Yeah. So Assassin she's in the woman. Mandalorian. Um, who's the same voice? The same woman yeah. who plays the Mandalorian is the voice actor. Yeah. They got Ming-Na Wen back to do the voice as well. There's also Mai in Agents of Shield. She is. or May. May Agent May. She's kind of. A uh, bit of a nothing character at this point. Still, we don't know hardly anything about her. Yeah, we just know that she's an assassin uh, that is well is comparable enough that Din in the Mandalorian is like, hmm, mm-hmm. you're pretty good. And she shows up in this. I mean, they beat her obviously, like eventually, but she, she yeah. does well. And then the most recent one was Cad Bane, which I'm very excited about. Which that was, was which was the coolest one. Which insanely, because you know, gotta love fucking Daddy fucking Steve Jobs listening to me through my phone. Is as I was watching the episode of the Bad Batch, I started getting Star Wars stuff that I had never gotten before, <laughs> and it just showed me the screenshot, the like panel, the yeah. shot of Cad Bane. It was and also I was like, sp- up. I guess yeah. Cad Bane's in this episode. It was also spoke for me before I got to see it, unfortunately. Yeah, which I think is a bit of a shame because that would have, that would have been the type of thing that would have really blew my mind. Really, I'd have gone fucking... full so boy on that one. Okay. <gasps> Cad Bane. He's on the face. I'd have been real excited, but still, it was cool regardless. Yeah, um, he... I guess. Obviously, compared to, say, a Cult of the Queen and a Captain Rex, right? As we said before, those are just also voiced by D. Bradley Baker. So, like, <laughs> I remember my, my silliness. When I was like, oh, they got Rex? <laughs> they got they got Rex? To, and then you're like, oh, wait. It's, it's the, just same the same guy, guy. who's doing they this, just, this They just go, show. all right, now do Rex lines. Do a, do a, a fifth, uh, sixth voice for us, could you? Yeah. Um, and the same with Cult of the Queen. So, like, that wasn't as big of a get first and also it's animation. So, it's easier than, like, you know, actually getting a guy. Getting a guy in a room and getting him in wardrobe um, and makeup. And again, Fennec Shan, like that's cool, but also that's a character we saw for the first time just two years ago in The Mandalorian, and right. we just saw her again last season. Yeah, Cad Bane is a character we haven't seen since the Clone Wars. This is the first time we've seen him since season, I want to say, four of the Clone Wars. In the arc where he tries to steal the shit from the temple, right? Isn't that the last? No, arc that's the first arc. He's oh. big arc. He's in. That's in season two. Season four, the last arc we see him in is when Kantuka recruits him and. Embo and uh, a bunch of other bounty hunters. There's like a contest to see who are the best bounty hunters. And undercover, undercover Obi Wan gets in there. Obi Wan does a face off. Takes his face off. Uh, kind of. He gets some face surgery. Yeah, yeah. He does. He does a face off, and then he just does. He gets surgery. Uh, they put a worm in his throat, and that changes his voice. And then they do a. I don't know. They change his face. It goes back though. It's it's no big deal. I mean, it's not it's, permanent. Yeah, they're Jedi. They got magic. <laughs> I don't remember how he does it, but they're and it's so that Obi Wan can infiltrate this plot to assassinate the Chancellor. That was the last time right. we saw Cad Bane was in the Clone Arc, which was in 2012. So it's been nearly 10 years. Which is funny is that if he had just let that go on, probably probably no Emperor. Yeah. Probably still yeah, Emperor because he, because he's still the Emperor. So he probably also like yeah he probably would have had some backup plans regardless because. Yeah. He's the emperor. He's the most powerful. Well, because he's also the one who ordered his own assassination, presumably. Yeah, so you could be like, I got Cad Bane on it. He'd be like, all right, cool. I'll wait for Cad Bane to show up then. It's if only they knew. But yeah, so it's been almost 10 years since we've seen him on screen, which is not the case for Rex. As Again, we saw him in Rebels and just in the last season of Clone Wars. It's not the case for, I don't know, was it the case for Ahsoka or anything? Like, this right. is, this has been a, a good gap for him. And I think he's returned in pretty much true form. I don't yeah, know, it's he, Cad Bane. He's hunting, he's hunting people, he's got his cool hat. He's doing the voice, he's got his toothpick. I thought it was great. And I will say, it highlights the, the increase in quality of the animation. It, that's something we didn't really mention. It looks so crisp on this show. It really does. It's incredible. I, it makes me... I gotta believe that they've been doing it long enough or, or something that somehow they've gotten the costs down because remember when the Clone Wars was airing on Cartoon Network? It essentially operated at a loss. Right. George Lucas just pushed it through as like a passion project of his because those were coming in at like I think around two mil an episode. Wow. Which is really high for like a Cartoon Network animated, animated show. show. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. not high nowadays for like, you know, premium channel, like big production shows, but for a cartoon essentially on Cartoon airing, Network. Airing on a kid's channel. Saturday mornings. That was really high. Or and Friday again, nights. It, it pivoted to Saturday mornings at some point. Right. Um, but yeah, it, he just did it because he, he was into it. And I think it mostly lost money. Or maybe the airings didn't make money, but you know, with merch and stuff, it, yeah. it, maybe it made it up. But whatever. The show looks even better than it did then. And it makes me wonder if, I guess, I guess Disney Plus just got the budget to throw at it. Because I mean, you got to imagine The Mandalorian costs a couple million episodes. Oh, definitely. At least I'd say... It's probably ten million episodes, and there's probably part of it is that they have assets and and a lot of the base work established. And again, the technology has just gotten better in those intervening. You know, it's literally been about twelve years or whatever since the Clone Wars started. So they probably just are better at that stuff. Oh yeah, but it looks so good because you think. Well, the first couple seasons, Clone Wars are iffy, but then it got pretty good animation style. But then, even still, you compare the Cad Bane in this to the Cad Bane in his last appearance in season four, and it's like night and day. It's night and day. The texture on him, like the detail on his face, it looks incredible. I thought his introduction was great. He's always been one of my maintain that he's like the best bounty hunter. I know uh, after I 
after he was revealed in the episode, a lot of stuff was going around about the unused arc where he duels mm. Boba Fett and gives him the iconic yeah, get that? Get in his helmet. Yeah, sure. I know about this. So this will be a spoiler for potentially an upcoming episode episode of the Bad Batch. That's that's a theory at least that this could be used. So if you don't want to be worried, I guess tune. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but mute, so mute the episode. Still listen. Don't don't. Yeah, don't turn it off. Whatever still, you're listening still, on, still don't listen, turn it off. Please, love of God, don't turn it off. <laughs> so skip to like. You wait, know, we'll I, see. So just in, listen to it. Be a man. <laughs> get over you know. yourself. A couple years back. There was a panel where it was like a, it might have been the 10th anniversary of Clone Wars panel. So maybe this was like three, four years ago. Dave Filoni got up there and was showing a lot of the unused stuff because when the Clone Wars was canceled, a lot of it was in various stages of production, right? Right. So like I said, the lead time on animation is very high. It's over like a year in advance, at least for this animation. I guess it could vary for sure. Show. But for the, the Star Wars animation, the lead time is about a year in advance. And so that means that by the time the Clone Wars was canceled after season five wrapped up, they were already well into production on season six. That's why there was like, what was it, eight, nine episodes that were finished that got put out as the Lost Tales or whatever that was called when they, they released them on Netflix. And then they had scripts and storyboards in various stages of production production for as many as like two or three seasons in advance. They talked about how like if, if it had originally, if it had been able to run like as an original course intended, it could have gone to like season eight potentially. Wow. Um, and so some of that got adapted into all kind of forms like the Darth Maul Son of Dathomir comic. is a comic book that adapts, it's a three issue miniseries that adapts three episodes right. of the show. Um, there's the Dark Disciple novel, mm-hmm. which adapts, I think, what was originally intended to be an eight-episode arc of the Clone Wars about wow. Um, wow. Quinlan, yeah, Quinlan Voss and Asajj Ventress. So that got adapted into a novel. The Crystal Crisis arc, um, that was released as uh, like animatics, which were like in the very early rough stages of animation, yeah. like kind of just a step beyond storyboards, where there was there was yeah. assets moving, but there wasn't textures, there wasn't. The but they did have weren't finished. Yeah, but they had the voices. The voice acting was all done because I think that happens sort of early on in the, in the process. Yeah, so you so can as soon as the scripts are done, you can just record all the voice yeah. lines. You can go watch that. Um, that's one that exists on StarWars.com. You can watch essentially like four, three or four, like 20 minute, again, like animatics. They're just like really rough early versions of the episodes. But again, they have the James and R. Taylor and Matt Lanner voices and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, they also had that for the Bad Batch arc. Right. That was released previously as rough animatics, which were then adapted into the season seven episodes. The final with season. Yeah, with some some changes and improvements and stuff. I also believe that the Ahsoka arc there, or maybe it was a different Ahsoka arc, was released as stills in that panel. He also got into, like, some that, are, again, were a couple seasons out that didn't really get far, but there was kind of rough scripts of... Yeah. There was meant to be, like, a Yoda arc on Kashyyyk. Where he's in shit and, and uh, hiding and stuff. Or in no, exile. before that. Or before he's in exile? Well, yeah, because still during the Clone Wars, it was it was meant to, like, retcon the whole good relations with the Wookiees I have or whatever. Oh. It's going to show how, how Yoda got to know the Wookiees. Oh, okay, I see. Um, oh, you, you know what? You're right. I mixed up Dagubah with Kashyyyk. Yeah, yeah. so it's Kashyyyk. And then... I said that so I wanted to cut it out. <laughs> and so then one of the ones was this arc that was going to focus on Cad Bane and Boba Fett. So Boba Fett, obviously, as you shall know, is the clone son of Django, Django Fett. Fett. And that he's a clone of him, but also he was raised as his son. Because he is a normal aging process. Yeah. And... Jango Fett was potentially the best bounty hunter ever. Right. And the general uh, like plot of that arc, again, they showed it in like storyboards and stuff, and, and Dave Filoni kind of walks, talks through it, but he doesn't, there's no, I don't think there's any voice acting or anything done for that arc, was that Cad Bane was going to take Boba under his wing and teach him and train him up and get him to be, I guess, the Boba Fett that everyone expects him to be. I've told you before, Jake, I have my own problems with Boba Fett, especially prior to the Mandalorian, the most recent season of Mandalorian. I always thought he was kind of overrated because, like, what he actually does in the movies is thoroughly unimpressive, okay. and I never for understood. For a man of his stature. Yeah. Well, he's like a, he's more, he's kind of a jobber, in a sense. A, a what? Uh, a jobber. It's a wrestling term that's uh, very uh, co-opted oh, okay. in a lot, and I see it a lot on 4chan stuff. Um, I'm not on poll, for the record. Let me make that very clear. I don't go on poll. I just want to make that very clear to my to Colin, <laughs> who's listening. But, so anyway, a, what a jobber is, is that it's a character that is hyped up given a lot of uh, tell and not show. Yeah. So it's like, in the case of Boba Fett, son of Jango Fett, the greatest bounty hunter, Darth Vader hired him. Like, yeah. all these characters no, say No disintegrations. No, yeah, exactly. Don't do a hey, Boba easy on that one. You we know? know you're fond of disintegrating right. people, but you can't do it this time. Exactly. But when he actually gets in the story, he simply uses a benchmark to show our main characters 
increase in power. Yeah. So like Boba Fett, when Luke defeats Boba Fett, yeah. it shows that he's stronger than the greatest bounty hunter. So it increases our knowing that, oh, okay, Luke has become stronger and therefore strong enough to eventually face off mm-hmm. against Darth Vader and the Emperor in Return of the Jedi. So it happens a lot in fiction. Uh, I have a friend who uses Jabber all the time. Right. I wish he'd stop saying it. But so, yeah. in but So it, that's, that, that's yeah. what people believe to in be In the Boba actual Fett. movies, Boba doesn't, Fett doesn't do anything. He does next to literally nothing. Now, I would say the one thing he does of note in Empire Strikes Back is that he is the one to, he realizes what Han is doing and he's able to successfully track him. He's the one who tracks him to Bespin. So he's got that, right? But he doesn't do any fighting really and anything. Again, there's like things that are said about him. Yeah. Like odd no disintegration stuff, which again is good. That's kind of what Star Wars has always been good at is this like background sort of just flavor text that builds out the world. Mm. Great. And then in Return of the Jedi... He's actually quite unimpressive, right? Luke disarms him pretty easily. Um, he does set Luke on fire. He uses flamethrower to some effect, so whatever. But then a blind Han Solo defeats accidentally him. defeats him, essentially. Puts and him he in tumbles into the pit uselessly. And is gone forever. And then from then on, he was he was put into countless dozens of... Comics and uh, such. Yeah, of Expanded Universe comics and books and novels where he comes back and he's better than before and... But he ends up falling in the Sarlacc pit like three times. Yeah, he yeah, that's back the thing that happens. He keeps going back to that Sarlacc pit. And when well, Legends is the expanded universe is kind of rough with continuity. You know, there's like right. there was tears to it, so it's like some of that was canon even for the expanded universe. Some of it wasn't. It's it's hard to keep track with. But eventually, he like he reclaims his Mandalorian roots and he becomes becomes the Mandalore, the ruler of Mandalore. He's got all kind of stuff. And this was obviously prior to his backstory as being the son of Jango Fett. Even he's got like other non-canon backstories where he's a different character. It, whatever. The point is that he looks cool in the movies and yeah. then but doesn't really do anything and so people wanted to like give sort of something re- retroactively give him this awesome backstory and stuff but it, i've always found that hard because because you know how he ends up we know he ends up and he and again a lot of that was ha- would have had to come after he dies seemingly in the movies is when everyone decided nah he's real good look at all the good stuff he's done whereas we don't see that in the movies right no we don't see any of it. Your average Star Wars fan goes, but Buffett, the guy who fucking dies? Because here's the thing. Everyone's like, he's the best. And again, he is the one to get Han Solo in Episode 5. But the other bounty hunters that are called in Episode 5 there are presumably on comparable levels Because to him, right? Darth Vader <clears throat> felt it necessary to hire all of them. <clears throat> yeah. Why everyone decided to focus in on Boba Fett? I guess he is the coolest looking of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I don't know, the reason everyone decided that Boba Fett was so much better than Dengar or Bosk or my my boy 4LOM. Or Zuckus. Zuckus. It's like, it's a really, because yeah, they, so everyone seems like content. I don't know if, I don't know if you really are aware of this, but like Dengar in particular is something of like a bit of a, it's a bit of a mean character in Star Wars, even among like the actual creators. Yeah. Every time he shows up, it's usually something comical. And again, Zuckus and 4LOM are the same. They're just ridiculous. Bosk is, fucking Zuckus. Bosk is good. Um, Does he eat people? Yeah, I think so. it's eats, a, he definitely eats things in the um. Well, yeah, <laughs> we eat things. Yeah, <laughs> true. In, in the from a certain point of view, Empire Strikes Back anthology. Just to get to get a real nerd pull on you, it's said that he and this is this is traditional for all Trandoshans, is that Trandoshans being like reptilian, yeah. are laid in egg clutches. Right. Yeah. yeah. They all hatch. Oh, and doesn't he eat his brothers? The best, the I, strongest of them eats the other ones. Is meant to eat all the other ones. I did, I did know that because I have a little, I had a little book that talked about that. Yeah, I, that's so, the one. That's my nerdy shit that I do know. There about you Star go. Wars. So Bosk is the strongest, was the strongest of them, and ate all his siblings. I think he likes to eat Wookies. I think that's why they hunt Wookies, the Trandoshans. Are so they, yeah, Bosk is a proper good one. Um, yeah. But the rest of the, I guess IG88 is good as well. The other ones, though, are also just kind of comical. So I don't know why we all decided Boba Fett's the good one and Dengar's the funny one. But Yeah, exactly. All this is to say that arc in the Clone Wars was going to be showing how Boba Fett actually got to be good. Because in the Clone Wars, he's he's varying levels of competent. He gets better as the show progresses. Um, but is this he show gonna, up on the show? In the Clone Wars? Uh, a handful of times. I, he's I, in prison for a lot. He shows up and they beat him and they send him to prison and then he gets out. And God bless the He's leading system. a thing and then... Massage Ventress locks him in a box. He's really not. He's so really not very competent. It, it seems like he's just. Yeah, he, the well, he's also. A, he also really is a child, though. Yeah. In that, to in his defense, but this arc was going to show it was going to be again Cad Bane taking him under his wing and training him up. It was going to be a bit like a, a bit like a video game across right. this arc. Uh, Boba Fett was going to be leveling up and getting all his armor pieces because in the and times all his that weapons. he had, yeah the times that he has appeared in the Clone Wars he didn't have his his proper armor. Mm-hmm. There's a whole thing about like if Boba Fett's armor was Jango's or not. 
I thought it was. The Mandalorian the, season two seems to seems suggest. To, I was always under the impression. Not even suggest like. Well, it shows, right? She yeah. says straight up, "You're wearing Jango Fett's armor, and he's a dickhead. We don't like him." The, the, I guess the question is Bo-Katan. Uh, Bo-Katan. There's that part you. where he like brings up the hologram, where he's like, "Look it, here's my tag, here's my receipt, and my in my armor, yeah. and it shows that it was his." People theorized that like for a long time that that was some second set of Jango's armor. Yeah. I don't know why. I was always just happy to say it was the same one that he just painted it a different color. Yeah, because he took it off Giannosha. Yeah, Giannosis. But for some reason, that was like a sticking point of people where they felt the need to break. Uh, unless there's something I'm missing, I always just was just content to assume. There is, in one of the arcs in the Clone Wars, he uses Jango Fett's helmet, or a helmet that appears to be Jango Fett, right. as a like a booby trap. He leaves it in Mace Windu's room, and Mace Windu's like, oh, I killed this guy, and then it blows up. It's like a bit of a, it's a bit poetic. Boba right, Fett yeah. decides to get uh, poetic with him. Hey, man. Even, even <laughs> Bounty Hunters can be poetic. And so that was a sticking point for people. I think they were like, well, he blew up the helmet. I Again, that's one where I'm content to be like, he made a fake helmet to blow up. He didn't blow yeah. up his dad's real helmet. I mean, it's Beskar. Hey, yeah. Beskar, it might not even all have broken. And he's dumb. He's not yeah. front is very smart, but he's not He's not yeah. an idiot. And the Clone Wars, the Clone Wars is iffy about its treatment of Beskar in general. The, the sort of lore wasn't as established as it is now with the Mandalorian. Because yeah. there's Mandalorians who get shot all the time it just, and just go down in the, right. in the Clone Wars. And then fucking the Mandalorian didn't just... He's, a, he's literally he's a tank. Bombarded. It's actually kind of ridiculous. That's one of my least favorite parts of that season. Also to say, he was going to build up his armor. He was going to get all his gear, all his stuff. Presumably his you know, his flamethrower and his grapple hook and his jetpack. Mm-hmm. And then the sort of twist ending of this arc in the Clone Wars was going to be that Boba Fett was going to be all trained up. And then Cad Bane was going to reveal that his motives for this were not noble. altruistic in any way. They weren't noble. What he wanted was he wanted to train Boba Fett to be as good as Jango was. And then kill and especially him. because Boba Fett is a clone of Jango, right? He's more he's more of a perfect approximation of what Jango would have been than a normal son would be because he's yeah. literally a clone. So he's a, he's ex- like he's going to be as he should tall. be exactly as good as him. Yeah. And the idea was he was going to train him up and then he was going to duel him so that Cad Bane could prove to himself that he was better than that Jango. he was the better bounty hunter. And then that arc was going to end with them. They get into like a Mexican standoff, standoff style duel. They quick draw on each other. It was going to be the show, the man, the, the Clone Wars rather, went through some efforts to kind of humanize Boba Fett. And I guess in the same way that the Mandalorian season two has. Right. Because um, this is another thing I've always maintained about Boba Fett. I don't know how people can latch onto him so strongly when he is only ever presented as, as a ruthless killer. A villain. Yeah. Yeah. In, a, a hunter of men. Exactly. He's a he's a bounty hunter. And bounty hunters in Star Wars are not like bounty hunters in real life, which is just like, ah, they're getting they're getting like bail tra- bail runners or whatever you call them. Yeah. Yeah, they they hunt down and kill people like it's the Wild West. Yeah. Not even. Well, it's the Wild ba- West. They're basically like assassins. They're practically, yeah. Like because and they're not hired by the courts. Like yeah. in real life bounty hunters are like instruments of the judicial system. Well, it kind of like Star Wars, it's just if you have money, you can, can go hire assassins. Yeah, you, you can hire hitmen. Yeah, and so it's practically yeah. sanctioned. It's no good. And so that, that's like if you hired the Spartans <laughs> to just kill your friends. So I never thought it was that great when people wanted to focus, and because some people would go with the whole like, nah, nah, he's a, he was just a bounty hunter, right? He just took the money. And it's like one, we never see him in most anything take good jobs. Like nine times out of ten, he's taking jobs from Darth Vader and the Empire. Like he's taking the bad jobs. And two, that doesn't make him moral. Right, yeah. being like, oh no, nah. he's not. De- he's not designing the jobs. He just is happy to take them. Like that is immoral. Still, like I never yeah. got that as a defensive. Like him. it's even the Mandalorian. We like Din. Like Din is the hero, the protagonist mm-hmm. that we follow. But at the beginning of the show, before it gets Grogu, he just that guy at the beginning. That guy at the beginning wasn't like a threat. Yeah, I think there's he a just, reason he just gets hired and he's quiet. And they go, oh, you got him. Uh, Mando, which is kind of a yeah. slur. I think it, they're just calling him a slur. It's a bit much. They don't call him by his name. They go, hey, Mando. It's weird. I yeah, I agree. I think there's a reason that he's gone away from that. That the Mandalorian in that that Din in the Mandalorian doesn't hunt bounties really any longer because he's because it's immoral. He's been humanized. He's like, well, I got this kid now. Maybe yeah. I shouldn't do this stuff. Yeah. The show, The Mandalorian, goes out of its way to show how Din's lifestyle is having potentially adverse effects on Grogu, right? So, yeah, it's not a good thing. And I never got that about Boba Fett fans. It's like, again, though, Star Wars fans get, get hung up on weird. So, you know, there's guys who absolutely, like, love the Darth murder. Vader and stuff. They love that Darth Vader scene in Rogue One, even though that's ostensibly the villain, like, almost winning. I like it, too, though. Yeah, it's interesting it's, to look at. It's a cool, like, it's a very intense, like, yeah. cool scene and I like it because but again, it, it, I think it people, bridges Rogue One into the... I think people like it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. I, yeah, I definitely have to agree You're supposed that. to be like... You're supposed to be like, wow, this is intense. I hope they get it out. It it yeah. almost looks like they're going to lose. 
And I think some people are watching that like, man, I, I wish hope Darth I, Vader gets some. I wish it was all this. I wish we had an hour and a half long movie of Darth Vader, yeah. the villain. That'd be basically if you watched a movie of Hitler just shooting Jews in a line. <laughs> I don't that, know if it's quite that. Maybe not that. But it's like, close. Darth it's Vader close. is literally the worst. Um, maybe not Hitler. A high member of the SS. <laughs> Like, cause the maybe not even, but it would just be like if it was a World War II movie where the Germans just won really well, or it's just like a period of time where they were winning before America. Yeah, or something. you wouldn't like, want to watch that. Or, or if you just watched the invasion of Poland and you were just like, but, wow, they're but the Germans on. were the good guys. Look at how good the Blitzkrieg worked in France. If it was God. a movie just called Blitzkrieg. And it was just the Germans rolling into France, stomping them. Oh, yeah. And then at the or, end. Or it, you taking the Rhineland and Yugoslavia <laughs> yeah. or something. And at the end, it's just kind of like, man. And it's just a German like looking off in the distance like England's next. And that's how it ended. That'd be no good. That'd be no good. I mean, I'd watch the sequel because, you know, fuck England. Unless yeah, you're England listen, if you're win. from England and you're listening, you're, you're the good one. But so, you're the good one <laughs> from England. So in, in that arc, they went out of their way to kind of humanize Boba Fett because the, the way that Cad Bane eventually pressures him into a duel because I think it's one of those scenarios where he's like, I don't want to fight you. You're my, you're my mentor. We don't have to be like this. Yeah. And he's, he's like, like I know we're bounty hunters. I've got to do it. Again. Yeah, you don't understand. It's going to be how these or whatever the hell Cad Bane Does he talk like. like that? He's like gravelly. You know him. I don't, hey, I'm Bane. No, I don't think he talks like that. I think he talks <laughs> more like, good, like a cool Western gunslinger gravelly. He's kind of like, how you doing, little lady? No, I think he's like a Clint he's like a, he's like, a, Yeah, but he's got his weird voice. Men with loaded guns and men who dig. I'm gonna. It's <laughs> a terrible Clint Eastwood impression. <laughs> but so he was gonna like he. The way it went in that is that he had like some civilians at gunpoint. He's like, Boba, if you don't fight me, I'm gonna kill them. They have their little duel, right? Yeah. Cad Bane. It ends with Cad Bane getting shot in the head on the ground, and Boba Fett has had his helmet knocked off by. Cad Bane's shot, but it kind of it's a glancing blow on his forehead, and that's how he gets the Boba Fett gets his dent on his helmet. Yeah, and that was presumably where Cad Bane would have died. Was I think the implication? I think I think they said that even in the initial script of it, it wasn't like definitive. Definitive. I think the understanding was that that's where he would meet his demise because he's never appeared in anything past that. Right. Alive until now. Until now, yes. Because of the timeline of this show, this would have to take place after that arc if it happened. And that's why I think that, to tie it back to how we got onto this, people are theorizing that potentially that arc could happen maybe in some kind of like trimmed down form, just an episode, one or two off episodes. Yeah. Somehow tied into where that happens in this show. That would mean that the storyline obviously got moved back a little bit chronologically, but thankfully yeah. it's one of the arcs of the Clone Wars that obviously doesn't take place with the war itself as a major focus, right? Right, of course. It was about the bounty hunter as a side thing, so it wasn't really about the war and the clones and stuff. So you could still move it back, uh, whatever, a couple months, and it would still work, I think. Again, it presents a little problems because the thing about all the unfinished Clone Wars material is that internally at Lucasfilm... It's it's understood to be canon because those episodes were worked on by George Lucas and they were like still in production when when he sold and all those are understood to be George's vision and those again are internally treated as canon again all the ones we talked about that are like we know of and probably presumably some that is not really public but like they know of internally for the most part treated as canon must mm. they really you know need to contradict it for something important you kind of just assume that's how it goes so even before the Bad Batch arc of the Clone Wars came out right the Bad Batch were real they existed and, and yeah. did the stuff they did in that arc and stuff um for the past 10 years or that really less than that, i guess eight years now since the clone wars got officially canceled they've been operating under the assumption that that duel happens and boba fett wins and kills cad bane um so that's presumably why he hasn't showed up in anything since then but right. i guess yeah now, it'd be cool to see it in the show yeah i think i think so maybe they'll still maybe they'll still yeah just continue that arc and just kill him mm -hmm. so it's internally consistent i don't know how they would tie that in like other than literally just because the again the bad batch is not an anthology every every episode so far has focused on the bad batch so like mm. i don't know how you're gonna do an episode that just has cad bane and boba fett in just it hanging out without any it's of the like, bad oh batch. boy i'm so yeah. glad the bad batch is in here maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe they'll pull the circle bite trick and more they'll pull rick lantis will be like well omega let's go do a mission and then it hard cuts <laughs> and they cut and then meanwhile somewhere in spit in the outer rim and it's just like boba and then at the very it's end it's me cad bane it's me boba <laughs> and then at the very end it cuts back to the Bad Batch, and they're like, man, that mission sure went was, well. Man, Tech, I can't believe you did that. Just like, mm, yes, of course, I had yes, the calculations. Yes. Do, 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 do. Tech, I can't believe you did that, Tech. Hopefully. Tech. Rika, Rika, do you think Cad Bane's still alive out there? I hope so. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> well, I like that Cad Bane fella. Oh, uh, one last thing I want to mention, because I think we should probably. 
I could tag off of this in a second. Oh yeah, we've been talking for like 15 minutes just about Star Wars. I love Star Wars. I could do it forever. Hey, hey, but we're not. We will never. Listeners, so, I won't let him. So, um, one last thing I want to mention. Um, this is going to get real niche for you, buddy. Oh dear God. The sound director. Oh, I don't. I I should get his title right. If you'll allow me a moment. So David W. Collins was the sound director on the 2004 uh, LucasArts video game. Republic Commando, right? Right. Great video. Anyone that's not played it, they recently got uh, remixed, ported for the Switch. Oh, damn. Into that, in the PS4. Who the fuck's playing PS4 anymore? It's the future. It's probably on the PS5 then as well. So if you're into that, get after it. There are no games for the PS5. Don't um, you know that? It's real good. It's So it's like this tactical first-person shooter where you are in control of the the leader of this squad of clone commandos, and there's three others. It's just real good. It's tactical. There's like cover-based stuff. You can, you know, you can direct them to do stuff. It's just a fun game. Right. It's real good. Um, it's one of my favorite games from like my childhood of Star Wars. It's up there for me with like Star Wars Battlefront Two and probably Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy is like some of the the best of that sort of era. Right. But anyways, David W. Collins was the sound director on that game, and he is also now the sound designer, editor, and mixer on the bad batch in some ways you might be like well from star wars project to star wars project it's probably not that big a deal right right in that a lot of the star wars sounds just kind of sound the same but david w collins has snuck in a few things which again sound just internally consistent as star wars you're not that's just a star wars sound but they are kind of specifically if you've played the game you would like kind of specifically notice them as like the versions from the the game game. itself yeah is uh i think the Thermal detonator he uses in one of the episodes is like the direct thermal detonator sound from that game. And the coolest one to me, this one absolutely blew my mind. Again, this is like a really niche thing that probably only a handful of people even got. In the most recent episode, after Hunter right. loses the duel. To Cad Bane. And the Bad Batch, and then they get they find him and they revive him. Right. I don't know what the word because that's literally what it is. In yeah. the game, if you go down, your squad can still revive you if they're all up, right? It's the sound they've taken, the the sound of like the sort of defibrillator type device they use, the and the sound of his helmet turning back on, and when he's up, that HUD that he's yeah. sticking through, that is the HUD from the game, really? essentially. Yeah, so, and that's essentially the view that you get in the game if you go down and then you get picked up, because again, the game is first person. So that little first person sequence, like I said, the sound is the exact same. It's really right. cool. I don't know. It really tickled that's, me. That sounds pretty cool. I thought it was really neat. Because it's him, again, in that sh- in that game, you can be revived. So it's cool that that's like now a canon thing. Members of the batch revived him and picked him up, and then he's on his feet. It's yeah. it's really cool. I just like them. It's something I felt like adding. It's pretty cool. Like I said, apparently some of the other sounds, I didn't take note until that happened. And I was like, whoa, this is something. And then I looked into it, and that's how I uncovered this. It's it a really cool sound. Cool. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. So that in particular, like, it's kind of a nothing thing in the terms of the episode. It's just like, oh, well, they revived him, and they got him up on his feet, and they got out of there. But I was like, that's super cool. So, yeah. Really excited for the, the back half of that show. How many episodes? 16? 16. So, yeah, this Should was... Should take us through August, right? Yep. So this was proper, the, the mid-season finale. And I would say it felt like that. It was the most, I would say, significant episode since the premiere, as far as, like, stuff happening again not that those other episodes are no good but as far as like stuff moving and progressing it feels like a mid-season finale even though there was there's no break between the next episode and this there's no like extended break or anything i think they did good pacing so then presumably next week it'll be pretty good again and we'll have a bit of a build to the finale we have not we have not watched episodes nine nine yet no. we just want to talk went through it because we seem we have not to get through yeah um and so then, next week we'll talk about nine and ten and then we'll go for yeah. the last we'll talk five about or so like, episodes we'll yeah be once a week we'll do the one probably week. yeah yeah we'll probably be dealing those one week i guess so then yeah we talked about it enough next week we can talk about predictions for the upcoming so i guess that's an attack on the bad batch mm-hmm. we've been talking for 53 minutes i might cut out my Fine. probably time. somebody got to get cut out but. yeah probably the ums and ahs i might cut our banter out who knows Maybe I'll cut none of it out. Am I cut for content in the second episode? So we want to act attack on the on the Loki, Loki episode yeah, right? three. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I will start out with strong is that I very much enjoy that all the members are variants. Yeah, because so... I remember mentioning in the podcast this week that do they have souls or what are yeah. they? And they're just people from yep. Earth. That totally stood out to me as well in episode two when Mobius seemed to believe that he yeah had been created. By the sole purpose. I was like, I don't know about that. That seems weird. Because it brings up a number of implications. Because one, if if that was true, that's bad in its own way. That they're creating beings just to live and serve. and like. Because again, Movius believed that like, yeah, when they finished or whatever, he would just cease to, cease to exist. And he was okay with that. It was kind of weird. Yeah, it was a whole thing. And their minds are almost kind of shattered yeah, from so existing for hundreds of years. I, I agree. I liked that we fully... Because again, we, we talked about last week. It seems like the Time Variance Authority is the, bad, the yeah. villains of this show. Yeah. yeah. It obviously first... It's presented to be the variant Loki, who we now know is uh, Sylvie. Sylvie, yes. But, yeah, I, I think it was 
it kind of obvious from the get-go probably again from that first episode when you get into like these guys are like meddling with like free will and stuff and it, it seems like this isn't which is also interesting is that they go oh from her time on earth they're all variants which may lead into the fact that kang may be very closely connected to the type variant authority because he is a human in the comics and yeah. there don't seem to be any aliens or anything that this seems to be a very human affair. So I guess so this is another episode that was didn't move the main plot forward a ton, right? Right. It was again a lot of character development. I guess we got some I mean I guess filler. I mean for one thing we can point out is that uh, I guess they confirmed the Loki's by which Yeah, they did. That was fun. Which is fun. I like that. I like, like I like how they I like how they kind of did it subtly. They just yeah. kind of went, you know, this is kind of what it is and you know, leave it. Yeah. Which, which I, mean, I mean, if you're familiar with like the Loki of like proper North Mythology, Norse mythology, right? He gets way into it. Yeah, I mean, if he, anything, he like, becomes a horse and fucks a horse. I was gonna say, and he becomes, becomes a woman. Horse. He's been pregnant and stuff. He gives birth. Like it's a whole thing. He so, gives, like he, I mean, he is. I mean, in the in the Norse mythology, he has three kids. His three kids are Fenrir, the wolf, the wolf, the wolf who eats the sun, the Midgard serpent, the big snake that wraps around Midgard, mm-hmm. and Hel, the goddess, and the horse, the with horse, six legs, the six legs. Yeah, so. Talk about a fucking family reunion. He just kind of gives birth to so everything. Yeah, in the traditional myth, Loki is essentially, I guess you'd say trans, right? So like trans or gender fluid as this file gender, says. As this file says in the show. Which is very so, Yeah. This and, is something like. And it's finally going to make a big deal of it because like it's not. Like who yeah. gives a shit? It, it doesn't also, make Loki. He's like a, a god. A mortal, mortal alien. Yeah, alien thing. Like it kind of makes sense he wouldn't be confined by our. Pretty conceived. If you were alive notion. for that long, you probably would just. Probably fuck a dude. Yeah, you just probably mess with it regardless. Why wouldn't you? Because yeah. a guy, see what you think are like it. I mean, yeah, he's not even really human. So like, I yeah. I, I like that as well. I agree. Yeah, I don't see any problem with it. I don't necessarily like. Well, again, I don't see how anyone could whine about like this being like forced or Disney's gone too PC or whatever. Because again, that's literally kind of an essential element of Loki from the myths. Yeah, like even even outside the Marvel comics, they're based on Loki yeah. is a a thousands of year old character from myth. Yeah, that's he's literally whatever you call it, like queer coded in the original myth. Yeah, so he, I yeah. mean, what is he? What do you call him? Snake coded because he gave birth to yeah. a big fucking snake. Exactly. Like he's he's it, trans, he's gay, whatever. Who like, cares? He's a, he's a god. Him. He's magic. Yeah. So I thought I did agree. I thought that was cool. I guess we'll, we'll probably get into this like more in the future episodes. But so, do you think Sylvie is is a Loki? Started off as a Loki that looked like Tom Hiddleston, and like she's changed or somehow. No, or, like, I, do you think she was always a? I guess whatever you call I, I it. I think a female. she's always a, a just a female version of Loki. Um, I think it's just kind of multiverse thing. Yeah, and I think over time she's abandoned the Loki name because she just wants. Because again, she's been alive for God knows how long. Because she's been jumping through time. Yeah. So I guess again, we don't get into a ton of it. It's kind of like just hints here and there. But so it seems like her motivation is that she wants to create the multiverse. Is that what you think it is? I think so. I was just gonna say dismantle like the time variance authority, right? Because well, in the last I, I, episode, well, that, in, I feel like those are one and the same. Maybe you're right. I get. I suppose you're right. So in the second episode there, when he's like, "Hey, let's team up and take over the time variance authority," and she's like. No, I don't want to take over. I think the implication there was like, no, I'm I'm just gonna burn it to the ground. Yeah, it's no good. It shouldn't exist. Destroy the wheel. Yeah, to put I'm gonna break. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rise. I'm gonna be the top of the I'm wheel. Gonna, I'm gonna I'm break, gonna break the, wheel. the wheel. I'm not gonna stop the wheel. No, break I'm gonna it. Break it. So I my queen nurse talking. <laughs> so like I I kind of like that. And then it seems like in this because again, like I said from the beginning, it seemed like they're the bad guys. Like it seems like that's what needs to happen. And so um, in this episode, it seems like her motivation is that essentially been singled out as variant since like she was very young right that seems to yeah. be the implication i think right and that as a child she was singled out as a variant and the time variance authority has been hunting her for since, since i guess her, she's again a child. it gets into like weird the weird <laughs> head hurdy time travel stuff that is hard to wrap your head around cause because like, she because she's always jumping back yeah, to the same weird. points in time but she always because again her she, body's moving forward they exist outside of time so it's weird how they should let that happen because why don't you just go back to a point just before that and kill her or something i don't well, well, they, i mean they say well you gotta get you catch in real time but how come yeah it seems like she time progresses somehow but also her it's very it's quite trippy, so it's not worth thinking about, I think. But yeah, essentially, it seems like her motivation is that she's been around for for a while trying to take them down and escape them because they hunted her down and presumably killed her family, I guess. Um, so do you think, I guess, just to speculate a little, 
like that she had a sort of Loki, a traditional Loki-esque upbringing, as in like at least the Marvel version of Loki, and that she was raised on Asgard by Odin and Freya. And Freya. Yeah, I think so. Because when when Loki, I think yeah, I think it just makes sense to call him Loki and Sylvie, right? Yeah. So when Loki's talking about his mother, and that's where he learned his magic. She what did she say? Something about how like she barely remembers her mother, but that's also where she got some yeah. of hers or whatever. Yeah, I think so. I believe so. So yeah, I think it's not impossible to think that she would have turned into the Loki we know in a sense. Because she would have like learned all the magic and kind of had a rivalry with maybe a girl version of Thor or, yeah, or some or some other variation on that. Um, but she just didn't get it because she was a very uh, I don't know, just a variant. Yeah, for whatever reason. Again, we don't really know what the Time Variance Authority's end goals are or what that even really means, other than what they've said, which is like, oh no, we gotta prune them because otherwise the, the timeline. The timeline, yeah, it, it, if it if it spreads off, if it branches off too far Five and goes clicks. red, it's gone. It, 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 everything will be ruined, right? But probably not, though. Probably not. I think that's really... Yeah, I think that's the case. Probably that just means, like, a branch will exist. And that's probably okay. And you can't destroy it. Yeah. It, it's kind of like if, we, if we're in the same universe, right? You go off, like, the, the Endgame-style time travel. That would just make a different path. And I think it's yeah. okay. I don't think that's inherently bad. And I think, If anything, I... Because they say the time verts are busy, like, breaking it off from the infinite branches of reality. So maybe it just takes more energy like because they've already destroyed everything once and made it one timeline so because yeah. there's that war and then they reset everything so maybe when it goes beyond the red line that the the timekeepers have to step in and actually like use an and cinema power to break that branch yeah. and, and really cl- and like cut it and burn it i think what the red line really means is that it's not that it's something that's going to like break reality or something it's just something that's going to interfere with timekeepers plans plans, whichever whatever those still might be so yeah i again you know in that first episode when when, is it the second one they show all the variant lokis and like there's all these different types it it could be that she's like loki-esque in terms of i think we'll probably get a little more of her backstory so maybe she came i know some people think she's enchantress yeah, I've seen that float around. I guess that could be. But again, it seems like everyone seems pretty certain that she is Loki. I guess she could be Enchantress in the way that, like, you know, the MCU, the MCU version of Enchantress is kind of just all a variant like of Loki. a variant of Loki or whatever. But yeah. yeah, I'm interested to see that, I guess. Because she doesn't really have all the same powers and, like, abilities as... Because Loki, she doesn't Loki. know how Loki makes things disappear. Yeah. Which she seems, seems to be, like, magic. a very base power that... And she seems to have magic and, he a, and have. raw magic. Yeah, she can do that mind, mind control thing, sort of and thing. He can't. That he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't recognize, which is interesting. I th- I think I think Loki obviously because they're both Loki. He can do it, but I think his mother just never taught him. I would totally agree, and I think uh, so. This is a bit of a theory, if you'll allow me. Ooh, theory time. So from this episode, so in this episode, right, they're trying to get to that arc to get the battery juice or whatever to fill up their time pad to to leave all these people to die in the apocalypse. Yeah. But that's already going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's a bit or, of a moral conundrum, but maybe not. It's a bit of a trolley problem. But if you already <laughs> knew the trolley was supposed to happen. Yeah. But so in when they're on the train, right, and they're talking about it, and Loki's like, how do you do that? And she kind of tells him. And then she's like, falls asleep yeah. and wakes up. I've seen people theorize that potentially this whole episode took place in Loki's head and that it was an illusion or that she was projecting. But when I saw the episode, my theory was that when she falls asleep and then wakes up, that Loki Maybe everything from then on is Loki projecting to her. Because, again, Loki seems to be better at magic than her, like, just straight up. Yeah. And, again, if they're the same being, essentially, there's no reason that if she can do it that he shouldn't be able to. So my my running theory here is that it was all a dream. everything from then on is a yeah is a dream, whatever illusion that he's projecting to her. Because it would almost go back in her because I feel like that would make sense because in the beginning of the episode, we see what she did to that one agent to figure out where the timekeepers are by making that illusion in her head. Mm-hmm. So it almost makes sense and it would it would kind of fix the problem because they're really just kind of caught like the arc is destroyed. Yeah. There's no way off the At the planet. end of the episode, they're if caught. it is just all happened in real time, in real time, I, yeah, it, it, I'm not sure where they're going to go from there other than I guess just the, the time variance authority could like Mobius and them could just show up and bail them out. Yeah, be like, Loki, like we found it's me, you. Owen Wilson. Yeah, so wow. I guess that could happen. But And I, to be honest, like I said, I, that is just a theory that I formulated just by seeing. I was like, I feel like this could be where this is going. By the end of the episode, though, I don't really see what like to what end that would be. Because mm-hmm. the theory that it was been uh, an illusion that Sylvie was projecting is that she's trying to find out where he stashed the, the temp pad or whatever. Whereas if it's one that Loki's doing to her, I don't know what he would be I think trying he, to gain from her. More information? Yeah. It because could be. if he goes on a journey, then he can replicate all the things, but he's in no harm. Like he can kind of draw things. Because he draws yeah. those things out of her. 
because he, dr- he draws out him being drunk and makes her reveal this stuff, makes her angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he, he's 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 kind of making her show. I could, and again, I could believe that that's all because like Loki isn't necessarily the type like that from from the stuff we've seen in the MCU, right? To just get like Plastered. drunk, right? That's not really to his let his type. guard down. Yeah, that's it's like very, a Thor thing, I yeah. guess. Like that's not really him. So yeah, all that to me, I was like, I feel like there's something fishy here, and I think right. again, I think that could be what it is. It could not be. Again, I'm not sure if I totally understand where the motivation would But yeah, that was just my thought. And like I said, when I thought that, I was kind of like, I kind of was under the assumption that it would get resolved in that episode, which it didn't, which makes me maybe a little more worried that it's not the case. Unless I just wanted to stew for a week and then sort of the beginning of next week's episode, they'll be like, yeah, it turns out that was all look at projecting because she gets into a pretty good detail about how it would work right yeah and she's like if they're like real weak it's kind of like a jedi mind trick right like if they're real weak i can just totally kind of overpower and do what i want but if they're stronger stronger willed i can't just override it i sort of have to like you have to fin- you, you have to gotta, convince them to you gotta go convince them him. and they're they're along for the ride with you mm-hmm. so and i think that again that would all line up with what we see in the back half of that episode is that he's bringing her along and he's making it convincing but maybe yeah maybe that was him because again he told her and then he figured it out and he put it to work. I don't see. I think now that is a good theory, but I'm going to disagree with it completely mm-hmm. <laughs> because I think while that is a good theory, I don't think there's enough episodes to allow something like that to happen. Like if, Maybe. Was, if this was a 10 episode series and we had six left, I'd be like, okay, we Wait, can, so though, because I think Mobius coming in and saving them works because then he can, oh, he can kind of convince Mobius who Tom Hiddleston has come out and said that, Loki trusts Mobius. Like yeah. they're they have kind of a kinship. They have like a buddy cop thing. Yeah, buddy on. cop bond. So I think bringing Mobius into the fold is a lot easier to exposing the timekeepers because then Mobius gets to see, and we kind of get more. It's not just Loki doing this, and at the end he has to face off against Mobius. I, no, I totally agree. Like I said, that was kind of the the theory that I was concocting in the middle of the episode, and then by the end, like I said, when it wasn't resolved or really uh, like pointed to anyway, I was kind of like, well, maybe they maybe they're really anything. Again, I kind of think they they is a bit of Chekhov's gun. Maybe is like th- having this in depth explanation of it. I think people because again, the fact that I came up with this theory and then I've again I've seen other people theorize. It seems to be that like because of the way they did that, the running a lot of people walked away from that. Like somebody was doing an illusion because either pe- people again either the the way I presented it or people think that. Even earlier in the episode, Sylvie had been eluding him. Like the whole, most of the episode was an illusion, not even just the back half. So I think, yeah, I think that could be a bit of a Chekhov's gun. Like, well, they talked about it a lot. They they bring up the illusion thing, so like one of them's under the illusion, or again, it could just or, be neither of them, are, or maybe, or it could come up later in uh, the, very, in the very, season. Very possible. What could happen is maybe. Well, this this goes on the theory that the timekeepers are three real people, are three right. real beings that exist, and not just like yeah, that's the timekeepers are real. Promise, but it's like a Wizard of Oz. Man exactly. behind the curtain, pay no attention. I've a seen humbug. a lot of people starting to theorize that. that like, but if they're maybe real, they never existed at all. Loki, since he is so much more powerful than Sylvia, and Sylvia could obviously, I think she'll become more powerful as well. Mm-hmm. The two of them will amplify each other, and maybe they'll just put them in one big illusion to believe that they're still being timekeepers while dismantling the TVA around them and leaving mm-hmm. them in a room for eternity to yeah. tear up to like make their timeline. So, yeah, so you're saying that this illusion stuff, maybe it wasn't directly a play in this episode but they but can it, bring it, it up will come up on. in like in the finale right because that's yeah even under my Chekhov's gun illusion there within the same season would still count right yeah. if they bring up if they bring up the illusions and they explain it in depth and then yeah three episodes from now they use it that would i mean still work. i mean wandavision kind of works on that yeah you know exactly they bring up things and you go what's up with that and then it's totally explained i mean yeah. agatha all along is one big Chekhov's gun in a sense exactly so i yeah i could see it going either way but again that was just the thing that i was concocting i was like this, he's acting a little weird she just woke up from a nap that's i was like is he is he illusioning her so yeah that's my theory i just figured i'd get out there um well so i'm gonna goes. i'm gonna act attack real quick all right um, i'm just do a quick little topic that won't take too long um, like that uh, a buddy of mine was t- uh, texting me because he, I told him to get into Seinfeld and stuff because okay. he like I got him into Sunny with me this last year when I was off at school and he was telling me that they actually took it off Hulu and apparently oh, really? it will come to Netflix in the fall. The fall. Yeah, which you know. So is it just in limbo right now? Yeah, just in that fucking limbo they put everything in when they I, move it around. Gee whiz! I was just about to watch Seinfeld again. I was thinking about watching it as well, but I like oh, that it's on so Netflix. It's not on Hulu anymore because it won't. I I get to watch without ads because I have Netflix. I have ad free Hulu already. So well, I'm not poor. So. Okay, whatever. Let's not be classes now. <laughs> so this it's, is a PC it's podcast. Moving, it's oh gosh. <laughs> It's moving to Netflix then? Yes, so that's well, something I'm um, excited about. And, you know, hey, listeners, if 
a little inside baseball. Uh, we are both very big. It's always sunny in Philadelphia fans. Oh, massive. massive. We love this show. It's, it's probably my um, favorite. Uh, I would say like it's sitcom. I ever. would say I would agree. One of my favorite TV shows, just period. I would also have to agree with that. Birds of a Feather, in a sense. Mm-hmm. So we will be talking about that show um, when the new when season fifteen appears, yeah. also in the fall. Um, and we'll most definitely talk about Seinfeld. Um, now, how we talk about it, uh, we haven't really discussed it. It will probably come mm-hmm. up naturally. But if you listeners, uh, maybe Colin, if and maybe if we get two more listeners, so yeah. three whole listeners, if you want to do comparisons, because I, I believe there are. I won't get into it now. Comparisons between the two shows that can be drawn, yeah, and how they're written and why they're so good. If you want that, just you know, email us at our email, which I will dropping in the podcast yeah. but uh, i just thought that was a little interesting thing to bring up so did you want act attack at all uh-huh. i mean we're at about an hour I mean, tw- hour 15 right now so i guess i could in the same way you just did i could act attack and do a couple things that we could just set up for the future potentially here of course yeah, yeah go ahead so yeah we did a big bunch of the bad batch episodes here um just like kind of we did a recap of the first two episodes of loki last week but from here on we should get into a rhythm here where it's going to be like one in a week, so we could probably kind of. I mean, again, Star Wars. So like, I could end up talking for I mean, hours yeah. regardless. Star but Wars, Marvel. Presumably, like, we with, could we could talk yeah. about any sort of thing for presumably with the Loki and, and Bad Batch episodes. Now that we're down to one a time here, not going to be as long. Yeah, we won't have to. We probably won't go as long. So you joked that we could watch the Droids cartoon from the nineteen eighty five. Yes, on um, that's now on Disney Plus, which I would I would watch just for a lark. We could just do that whole whole series real quick. The whole and series, talk about yeah. it on just talk once get an episode to it um and then we could also if we do that and enjoy it all there's the ewoks show which is like a very similar thing um and then in that same vein yeah there's the uh, in that same section on disney plus in the in the star Mm. wars vintage section right right there's star wars clone wars which i think bad batch or sorry i think ewoks and droids could be funny to talk about but but i think star wars clone wars is genuinely good yeah yeah so i think i think that could be cool to watch maybe we do them in that order of like release order though yeah i think that'd be good because then we can we can see the trend we can make fun of the two and be like oh now we're the good one i don't know if it's as good as people say um that's a that's a star wars thing that a lot of people literally say is live and die by is the is potentially it's one of those things where like this is maybe the best Star Wars thing ever. I don't know if I'd give it that much credit, but I do think it's genuinely good. And again, it's it's like it was the you know I guess fourth two D animation thing that Star Wars did. Um, right. So yeah, if anything, before droids, if we really wanted to do it properly, we could start with the tale of the faithful Wookiee, which is we're on, getting real deep is, cut now. That's, that I think that's what it's called. That's on Disney Plus right now. That is the animated bit from the <laughs> the Star Wars holiday special. Which includes the first appearance of Boba Fett. That's the first appearance of Boba mm-hmm. Fett. Yeah, so that's wow. on. That's in there. So we could actually watch that first and just talk. I mean, that's even shorter. And then just do a little recurring segment where we talk about the episode of vintage uh, Star Wars, Star Wars two D animation, just while the Bad Batch is going on and stuff. Yeah, and then I think the other thing we're gonna do is we're probably gonna talk about Rick and Morty every week, weekly, if there's anything to again. And I will say with um like because obviously we didn't talk about the bad bitch bad batch at all last week i wouldn't be opposed to if there's nothing particularly interesting, interesting week to week we could save up an episode or two of and then just have a big kind yeah. of thesis thing That's of the bad batch or even loki if it comes to that or i don't know about because loki's only six we only got three left. yeah it's only it's probably gonna i and i have heard actually that they said that from here on it's gonna really start to kick off it's, it's i mean we're in the, we're kind of in that point so yeah I, I Loki probably not, but yeah, for the Bad Batch, I wouldn't be opposed to if yeah, if, if we get a couple more quote unquote filler episodes in there to to just save them up, and the same could go for Rick and Morty. We don't have to Whatever. make that a Rick a weekly thing, but now that that's back, we'll probably touch on it. Like very, low, we like Rick and Morty to varying levels. You probably yeah. got some things to say. I got some things. I got opinions about. Rick and then and Morty. the other last one I had is that all of uh, <laughs> Marvel's Modoc, the, the right. animated yes. show, is we on did Hulu. Talk before the episode started off off, uh, so. off mic. That's another one we could I'm just bored. watch all, we just binge it, and then just talk about it one big segment. No one, I've not seen anyone talk about it. I don't know if it's good or not, or if anyone cares. I watched the first episode. I don't like the art style. Flown a bit under the radar. Like, I, it seems like they kind of gave up on it before it even came out. It's one of those ones where they're like, don't know about this. It's probably the type of thing where Disney's already, like, decided prematurely that they didn't want to really for it yeah they're not gonna like do a second season or anything probably but it they had it done so like we may as well put it out that exists we could again just binge. again i haven't seen anyone talk about it i don't think they put a lot of money into ads or anything because they i remember seeing a couple ads only through hulu when i when you would uh, like, okay. through hulu they had ads but that's only because it's a hulu show so that's not really indicative of... i mean i like pat oswalt though i think he's very funny so i, I think it could be i lo- i don't 
watch a couple episodes and see now, if it's worth talking I, about. I, I have opinions about Modoc. I will save those opinions. Sure. Because I could just go on forever about my opinions about Modoc and like the, the show in general. Yeah. Um, I've only seen the I've seen the first episode, but we'll save those for another time. Um, we're running about an hour twenty. That's probably a good place I need to stop. Could say so. So um, yeah. So I think we'll stop about right here. As always. Um, thanks for listening. Um, really appreciate anyone listening to this podcast. Yeah. Uh, wherever you're listening to it, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever. Um, we just appreciate it. Uh, again, if you want to email us about um, comments, questions, concerns, mm-hmm. thoughts. Wait, so um, just real quick. You mentioned, so where are we at uh, right now? Currently, obviously, we, well, obviously you can read, like, we have the overarching the Podbean. Podbean account. We have a Podbean, the Attack with Z. That's for everything, as a general So rule. then, where are we on right now? We are on Podbean, of course, which is our feed. We are on YouTube every week uh, at the same channel. Um, we are on Spotify. We are on Amazon slash Audible. And I am currently in the midst of putting it on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that should be done this week um, at and next week at the absolute latest. I can't imagine it would take that much longer. But yeah, um, if you find us on any of these, uh, give us a like, give us a review, leave a comment, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your enemies. But yeah, uh, as always, we thanks. also started just real quick. We started at Twitter. We have a Twitter as well. Follow us on that's Twitter. At, that's at Akatak J A Z. Just like all the other ones. Yeah. All of it. Attack Jazz. Yeah. And that exactly is our email. Find us there. This is really jumbled. I got to really cut this down. We'll, we'll get a better handle on it. Um, as always, uh, this is written by us, produced by us. You know, everything was made by us, except for our logo. I didn't shout out the guy um, who made our logo last time. He's a very good friend of mine. Uh, his name is Jeffrey Gonzalez. So our logo was by a man named Jeffrey Gonzalez. And you can follow him on Instagram at inkocean.jpg. Again, that is inkocean.jpg. Uh, he does a lot of art. He has a Redbubble account. So yeah, uh, if you're ever interested in like a 2D animation kind of art style, that's kind of like his skill, what his most, what he's, what he focuses on the most. Um, yeah, give him a shout. Uh, tell him the podcast sent you. Yeah, anything like that. And I'd, I'd really appreciate that. Um, uh, links. I'll figure out how to put links in if anybody's interested. Email if you want a link, and I'll send a link. But yeah, I think we're going to end it right here at about almost an hour and 20. Probably won't be that time to edit this down. But uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. See ya.